0: Hi everyone and welcome to the PhD to be podcast a podcast where we talk about all things grad school I'm Dallas and I'm here with my co-host Natalie. Hey y'all. Hey hey. Um and we are so excited for this episode because today we are going to be talking about um stereotypes of graduate students. Hope you enjoy. we have already mentioned we are going to be talking about graduate school stereotypes graduate student stereotypes um and what those look like and we're going to talk about how you know those are not necessarily true but also kind of you know they do poke fun at some of the you know in some cases some of the things are kind of true (laughs) yeah yeah i mean we're we can't deny some we of, the things, deny so some of like the things, but um, anyway, I think this is going to be a really fun episode because it'll be kind of silly, kind of fun, but also like, I think we're going to talk about, I think talking about what the stereotypes of a graduate student are can kind of help debunk some of the bad stereotypes too, um, because graduate students are multifaceted and come from all different backgrounds, walks of life and have all kinds of different personalities and we are not all the same exactly
1: do you want to give your update oh yeah so
0: I told you guys um for when we talked about our um childhood book episode for our, our after school snack special I said that I didn't know if my mom and dad actually intentionally read books to me about disability or about down syndrome um and my mom listened to that episode so I didn't even have to call her she already listened and she was like oh by the way I don't know that we ever like actually read you any books about down syndrome or disability to teach you anything. She was like, which probably would have been really smart, but she's like, I don't remember. So there's our answer. There's our answer. The answer is well, we don't know. Yeah. Which is fine. I turned out. Okay. Yeah. But all good. yeah, I think, I think that's probably a really good way to introduce disabilities or anything different to your child is to teach it through them, teach it to them through a children's book. And, um, so my mom agrees that that would have been a really great idea. She just doesn't remember if they really did that or not. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love that. <laughs> Which I thought
0: was kind of funny. It is. It is funny. <laughs> so we don't know, and that's and I said I would give the update, and then I
1: forgot to do it on our last couple recordings. So this is me giving the update. Beautiful. Thank you for bringing that up because I forgot. But it was a great question, and I yeah. love that she was just like, "By the way, yeah, no, yeah, so. <laughs> by the way, the answer." Is, so if she says she doesn't know, I'm gonna go ahead and assume that
0: that means no. <laughs> Basically. Basically. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Well, so I want to give my friend Jonathan a shout out because he sent me a video on Instagram via DM and it gave me the idea for this episode. And so shout out to Jonathan. So the video essentially that he sent me was a clip from The Simpsons. This is Simpsons season 16, episode 20. Basically, the scene sort of begins with um bart and marge in a bookstore type of deal and he says i'm gonna go talk to the phds and then he says hey grad students or whatever i heard a associate professor position open up and they get so excited there's three of them they get so excited and he says at the university of psych and so he's obviously like lying to them yeah and so they're obviously disappointed so we even before we get into the rest of the episode that's already something that we could talk about but um it continues in the same episode and he cuts off someone's ponytail <laughs> and he says, I was so bored. I cut the ponytail off, off, the guy sitting in front of us. Look at me. I'm a grad student. I'm 30 years old and I made $600 last year. March says, Bart, don't make fun of grad students. They just make, they just made a terrible life choice. The episode, the clip continues and it's uh, Lisa feeding bread to birds. And so she's throwing the bread into the, you know, little lake and she kind of throws some bread off to the side and you see four people like going and picking at it as if they're like starving. And a professor comes in and says, no food for you grad students until you grade 3000 papers. And so I was like, "Let's make an episode." You're forgetting the most important part of that part. <laughs> and then he whips them. Oh, a with a whip. And then he whips them, like there, and dogs. they run off. Like, yep. And then they run. Yep. <laughs> so why would we not talk about that? I feel like that's there's so much happening there. So I mean, from it's the, pretty funny. It, no, it's hilarious. I mean, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Like, so even before, like, I think. Starting off that episode, and we'll talk about others that kind of came up, we asked our grad student friends to kind of give us, like, some, what are some ser- stereotypes that you guys hear about? Um, but even just at the beginning of that clip, he's off, he's telling people that there's an opening for a position, and they get so excited, and then he's lying. And so, basically, the stereotype there is that, that we're always trying to look for jobs, and there's none available. Yeah,
0: there's no there's no academic jobs available, basically. which Which is half true, but also not true. Yeah, I feel like there's so many professors that are like, there's no jobs, there's no jobs, there's no
1: jobs, but then, I don't know, we know a lot of people who have gotten jobs, so. (laughs) And like specific to TCU, and I can only specifically then talk about the rhetoric and composition, but everybody gets jobs, I feel like in our department, like I don't feel like nobody has ever been able to find a job, like usually everybody kind of graduates and is like, I'm going here! Um, So obviously we can only speak to TCU But yeah, and we're of course speaking about academic jobs specifically, not like jobs
0: out in the world that aren't like related to academia specifically. There's always they're always saying that there's no academic jobs, correct? Um, And usually the people the people who say that are usually the people who have been in academia like past retirement age and it's time to like cut the cord. And I'm like, well, this is why there's no academic jobs because you people won't retire. That's not why totally, but it doesn't help when you've got professors that just will not retire, which like, not that they have to, but it's like, you're telling me a, a a perspective, you know, professor on the job market that there's no jobs, but you're like way past time to retire. Like,
1: why are you telling me like, yeah, you're part of the has. problem. <laughs> but um, I mean, either way, like, I get the warning. And, and that's something that we both have heard. Um, I think this is pre pandemic. So I don't know what the statistics are now. But pre pandemic, it was every three graduates in literature. There's one job opening. Every one graduate in rhetoric and composition. There's one job opening. I don't know if that's changed. but I've never liter-
0: heard that statistic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is pre the pandemic. Um, I'm assuming it's probably a little bit worse. But yeah, yeah. Th- based off of that, there was less l- jobs in literature than there were in rhetoric and composition. Yeah.
0: And I just want to point out, like, the reason why the job market seems so dismal <laughs> for us English folk. It's because people just like aren't majoring in English and more broadly the humanities that I guess there's not as much of a quote unquote need for lit professors, right? Like, I mean, would you say that that's true? I feel like when you have a department that's really big, like nursing or business, like something that is pretty dominant on most campuses, um, you know, uh, uh, computer science and engineering and things like that. Um, These really dominating fields, they probably have more openings for more positions because the more people they can get to teach those students, because there's so many of them, it makes sense. Like like They don't need as many retcon professors or as many lit professors, which is like, that's not probably necessarily true. They don't necessarily need less. They don't want to pay anybody more than what they're already paying because a lot of people aren't. It's hard to fill those classrooms in some ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: At least the upper-level, like, upper-division-type courses, not, not like, the Intros mandatory, like, comp yeah. classes yeah. and stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know how you feel. I don't have any worries about me finding a job. I'm not worried about it either, only because I also... You know, I
0: don't know what my life trajectory is gonna look like. You know, by the time I graduate, you know, what if I'm married and ready to settle down? What if I'm like, you know, you never know what the future is gonna hold. So I try not to let that like worry me so much because I'm like, you know, what if that means I take a year off and just, you know, adjunct while I look for a more stable position? Cool. If that means I work at a community college, great. If that means I work as at a high school, great. Like I. I'm kind of open to a lot of different options. I mean, not that I want my degree to quote unquote go to waste, but, and I don't think it will because at the end of the day, like even if I don't continue with like an actual like academic job by the end of this, it, it doesn't mean that that was a waste of my time or that I didn't get anything out of it. Um, and I, I'm not saying, not to say that I'm not striving for an academic position, but I think it all just also depends on where my life's at by that point. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, So I try to just keep my options open, you know? Um, The ponytail. The ponytail. (laughs) Natalie and I were just talking about this, like this idea of, well, number
1: one, a man being a grad student. Yeah, usually we think of male grad students. We don't think of female grad students.
0: Especially, I, I especially think of graduate students being men in English as being like the ponytail, disheveled, Papers everywhere. Desk is a mess um, with the five o'clock shadow. Uh, stressed, stressed out. out kind of cranky. Yeah, glasses, like, you know, the whole, like, just disheveled professor look. Um, yeah. And it's interesting that I think that way because the field I find is more predominantly um, women these days.
1: Especially, English and yeah.
0: literature used to be an old boys club. And it's way more female dominated now.
1: Especially like at TCU in our department, there's Mm -hmm. way more female grad students than male grad Mm -hmm. students. Yeah, so.
0: It's true. And then, but even when I think of like science C fields, I still think of men as being grad students, you know, working in the lab or whatever. Yeah, me too. I always just think of it being a man. And I think that probably says a lot about our society, just more generally, that we do kind of envision men as being grad students and not women.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna turn to kind of connect what you just said with what one of my uh, one of our colleagues said when I asked him the question about any grad student stereotypes. Um, always studying, always tired, unorganized, booked every books everywhere, like you said, hair unkempt, not coned or out of place because they've been racking their brains. Um, I think of a male. I think of a male yeah. grad student there, and so that's obviously really problematic. But part of the reason why we wanted to have this conversation too, so. Yeah, um, but then it. Conti- he says, "Look at me. I'm a grad student. I'm 30 years old. So, they're pretty much saying like you're older. You've kind of been here for a while, right? And I made $600 last year. Let's talk about that.
0: The age thing. The age thing. I is, get. I get that too. And it, but it varies a lot. I mean, there's grad students who are younger than me. There's ones who are a lot older than me." yeah um ones who are my age going to school there's no age limit on grad school there's really not but i think in that case it's meant to kind of poke fun of like someone who hasn't gotten their life started yet um which is another so stereotype school, which is, yeah that's mm-hmm. a whole other stereotype in itself um of this idea of like putting off the quote-unquote real, real life real mm-hmm. world. real world and it's yeah. like. No, it is the real world. It's just not what other people know. Yeah. That's like me saying, oh, well, if you're a, um, if you're a chef, you don't live in the real world. Like what's real to one person might, isn't like yeah. the quote unquote real world for someone else. Like the being in grad school is the real world. It's, it's just, just not your world, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, with the age thing, I think we could focus on that a little bit more and then talk yeah. about the money. Cause we have stuff to say about that. I'm sure. Um, Another one of my friends who I asked this, he said that um, with the age thing in mind, that there are students who you assume there are students who who are grad students uh, who are midlife crisis. So they came back to school after several years of being on the job market, being in a field and then returning. Um, So obviously you're going to get older grad students in that way. Then there's the ones who are married with children. Um, basically, they say um, I had to take time off because mm-hmm. I was raising kids or, you know, those types of things. And now I'm back. So obviously, you're going to get the age thing. But we kind of have a little bit of everything. We got a little bit of everything. We've got some who have kids who are grown.
0: We've got some with very young families, babies. Um, some that don't have kids some like Some that us. don't have kids. Yeah. You know, some who are married like Natalie, mm-hmm. some unmarried like mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. Um, you know, some in long-term relationships, some um, getting married whilst being in the program. Um, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a big range. It's a big age range and it's a big um, life uh, range. Is well. uh, That's a silly yeah, way to say, like, but like uh, different stages of their lives yes. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and of course that comes with age as well, right? Like different people at different ages are going to be experiencing different things in their lives. But I mean, one of our friends is getting married. She's younger than we are. I'm not married. Like that, you know, Mm -hmm. she's starting her PhD, um, at TCU and we have one friend who, um, graduated at like 22 Mm -hmm. with a PhD. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it really varies and it's
1: dependent on the person. I will say that I do think that there is truth to like the age range of Mm -hmm. like the more like, I think the majority of us are in like the twenties range going into 30s range like i'm 29 i'm about to be 30 so i could i could very much like be this part you know yeah um i'll be graduating at 30 assuming i graduate on time yeah i'll be graduating at 31 so um but um so i mean there's a little bit of truth to that sort of age range but at the end of the day there's so many of us we have people in their 40s you know Mm -hmm. so it's all good there um and then the i made 600 dollars last year (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. I make more than $600 a year. Yes. But. Um, but, I mean, I think that's really playing on the fact that graduate students hardly make money. Yeah. Even though we make more than $600.
0: We still don't make.
1: A lot. We still don't make enough. a lot.
0: We're still, I think, technically, we're probably, like, living below, like, the poverty oh, we are.
1: level for sure. Yeah, we are. Based off of what we make, especially you and, you and I, what we make here at TCU, yeah. we do not make a lot of money at all.
0: No. And then, you know, we are in Fort Worth, right? Mm-hmm. Which is um, you know, it's not like New York or anything, no. but Fort Worth is still a pretty big it's, city. Yeah. Um that it's, you know, cost of living is more expensive here than it would be say in, you know, College Station where I am where I was for my MA, you know, or um, you
1: know, Stillwater was a cheap place to live. Or so Stillwater,
0: I don't know anything about Stillwater, but I yeah, I get what you're saying though. But yeah, so like cost of living is more expensive here. Um and you know, with inflation, everything's going up, and our paychecks have
1: not stayed, gone up very much. Yeah. They've
0: stayed relatively the same. Um, yeah, yeah. So they we've got we got a raise this year, but only because they said if you are going past your fifth year of funding, that you basically have to figure out your own funding. Yeah, they, that they my understanding. Yeah, that was part of it. I so think, I yeah. feel like in that way, like it wasn't really. Like, if that's the only way we were able to get the raise was for them to not guarantee funding for people going past their fifth year. I'm like, is there really no other money that you could have, like, is there, and and of course, like, obviously, I don't know the financial situations of the department and like what the money situation is like or how they allocate funds. But I'm like, was Was that really the only way that you could secure more funding for your grad students? Because if that's true, that's sad. Because TCU obviously makes a ton of money as an institution, like as yeah. a whole, right? And again, so I'm kind of like, the only way we were able to even get a raise, which was minimal, right? Um, was for them to just like say, oh, if you're if you're going into year six, we're not guaranteeing you funding. Like you're gonna have to apply which for I something Which I think is else.
1: good because some which people I, need to graduate, which we'll yeah, get to later. <laughs> I think it gives you the incentive
0: to get out. But I also think it's sad that that was like the only way we were able to like get more funding,
1: Yeah I don't know the mechanics behind it. Yeah I don't and I you know it's not
0: my job to know but I do think if that was the only way for us
1: to get more funding that's pretty pathetic. Honestly I think just the the stereotype of graduate students not making a lot of money is just true. I think that this is is, the one that's the most true. It is true because they don't pay us and um we do a lot of work. We do a lot of work and we don't get compensated enough so
0: no and even if they do if even if like you're part of a like um even if there is some form of
1: compensation you can get it's usually not very much exactly you know so like it helps but yeah marge then says bart don't make fun of grad students they just made a terrible life choice (sighs) i disagree marge i I love i love being a grad student um but I mean I, I I wonder, and this is why we're doing this episode, but like I wonder what other people think of grad students like, do they really think we made a terrible choice because of just everything we do? Because I feel like a lot of people like sing our praises. Yeah. I think maybe to people who don't need it, but no,
0: but I think, I think it's pretty, it's a a mixed bag. Like there's always going to be the people who think that it's really amazing. Like when I tell, like, of course my family is very proud of me and you know, you run into people and they're like, what do you do? And you're like, Oh, I'm a graduate student. You know, I'm getting my degree in this and I want to do this. And you know, usually people are like, that's amazing. Like keep doing that. Like keep, keep up like you know that's great like yeah. finish school like that that's the highest you know level you can get like keep do do it they're really know? impressed they're really impressed by it you get which, the people who are very impressed which i'm like trust me i am not impressive um <laughs> i am just your average girl over here like yeah. you know what i mean i think people just assume that we're really smart which, will, which is a yeah. whole other thing but yeah so you get people who are either very impressed they think it's impressive um or you get people who think like why well you need to just why'd you do that like you don't make any money you're not in the real world like don't you want to like settle down i'm like you can still settle down and be in grad school like they just people just don't i think people just it's a lack of understanding
1: yeah i don't think i've ever encountered encountered anyone who i'm trying to think i mean i could probably come up i could probably one could probably reappear in my mind but i don't think i've ever encountered anyone who thought that judged me yeah well well yeah I've
0: also worked in uh (laughs) I worked at uh in a at a health food store not the one that I worked at in Lafayette a different one that I worked at in College Station and you know being in College Station obviously it's a college town as you can guess by the name A&M is a huge part of um College Station so you get a lot of people who would come to the store who were professors right and then you get a lot of people who are just like, well, why do you want to do that? You know, so you, it would be like, you know, because people, especially at like a small, independent store, family owned, like you get the same customers all the time. So you get people that would come in and just want to like chit chat and be like, how you been? Da-da-da-da. And then so you, but you meet those people who just, you talk, you start talking to them and you see them all the time. And then they think, well, why do you want to do that? Da-da-da-da. And it's like. I see you every Saturday and you are being ugly. Like, yeah. <laughs> So I've definitely run into it, but then I also, there's like a lot of people also who are very supportive and thought, think it's great. So yeah, I mean, majority like, of people I tell think it's good. Yeah. Uh, it's very few people who I meet that don't think it's
1: a good decision. Yeah. Um, most people are
0: yeah. pretty impressed by it. Yeah, so no,
1: I don't really think that it's a terrible choice and I don't really know that People think it's a terrible choice, but I mean, there's a few, but yeah, there's if you run into those people every now and again, and
0: I think it's not that they think it's a bad choice. I think they just don't understand the choice. Yeah, but I'm like, but if you want to be a scholar in this professor, if you want to be a professor, you have to go this route. So in that case, then they kind of like, well, I get that, you know, they kind of understand that. Then What did you think I was going to do? i guess <laughs> just they, keep like i don't i don't know there's that's
1: very interesting
0: it's like if you tell them well if i want to be a professor i have to do it this way then they're kind of like oh well, i get that i guess but then like but i guess if you just wanted to do it because you loved it they kind of don't understand that's frustrating
1: to me like yeah it's like like you you almost have to have a re- to like you have to have a reason and it's gotta be a good reason can't just be like because I really enjoy this subject and I just want to learn more about it. Like you it. have to justify it by saying, "Oh, okay, then you're going to get a job afterwards." It's like I get what you're saying and like, yes, but at the same time, like I don't
0: have to justify my reasoning to anybody about I why I want to go to grad school. Obviously, we we've said we want to be professors, but like even if I didn't, like why that's that's not a bad choice in my opinion you know
1: i think that's just people's capitalistic
0: views oh, like yeah. you have to you especially in america where we live yep. this um you know time is money kind of yep. system where like we need to just be productive and bus- like you know running a business is like the ultimate goal of like i don't know and like making money making so much money and, like, and just kind of graduate school sort of like the antithesis of that where it's yeah. kind of like slow pace year- yeah, yeah like here's 5 years it's going to take for you to get this degree you're going to like learn a bunch of stuff and you're gonna like write a paper at the end and you're not gonna make that much money doing it but hey you had fun along the way right like and it's so the opposite of like this sort of like american like being like this american workhorse kind of
1: kind of vibe yeah yeah um and then the part with lisa where she's throwing the bread and the grad students come in and the professor says no food for you grad students till you grade three thousand papers There's a lot there. That's
0: what he said when you grade. I thought he said until you write 3,000 papers.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. That's why (laughs) I like that. That's why I like that. Grading 3,000 papers or writing 3,000 papers, I don't know. Um, Um, But that's why I like this because first we talk about them being hungry, right? Well, you know, if we made $600 last year, then we're going to not have food. And so I think just the, the stereotype of us not having food is... True to some extent. Um, At my previous institution, they had to have a moment. They, the professors, the department had to have a moment and be like, "Uh, our grad students are digging through trash (gasps) and getting food from trash because they don't have money. Oh, my goodness. So this is true. I can attest to this being true. Now, at TCU, I don't know i have food girl i got i'll make sure i get food um i know dallas has food i know you know many of us have food um and we're also in a position
0: too where our families would have wouldn't let that like god forbid like our families wouldn't let that happen you know people just don't have that yeah if we were struggling our families would be like okay no like we're coming visit and we'll take you shopping and we're lucky to have that you know um Yeah. But some people don't have that. No, some people don't
1: have other support and all they can function on is the money that they get from the university. All they have is themselves. And so
0: that's really sad. I don't know of anybody at TCU who's necessarily struggling in that way. Um But I believe that somebody's probably Probably. There's somebody probably
1: who's have who's experiencing some food insecurity for sure. Yeah. So that one I kinda would say it's true. Um, considering the amount of money that we make. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then um, just, like, the whole idea of, like, the professor, like, the advisor being, like, a slave driver, literally, like, whipping them into, like, going work, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, that's a whole thing, too.
1: Well, and I think that says more about, like, teacher assistant as opposed to, like, True. teacher itself. Even th- because, yeah. like, y- you are working for a professor. Yeah, which I've never experienced
0: anything like that. Me either. Um, I never, uh, when I was a TA at either institution did I feel like the work was just all put on me, Mm -hmm. that I felt, I mean, I felt overwhelmed, but not because of my TA stuff usually, just because overwhelming between being a TA, taking class, working, outside jobs, and trying to have a life, like all of it's overwhelming, like we always talk about, but not like because anybody's forcing me to work over what I'm supposed to work. It was always very
1: much like you are a student first, you are a teaching assistant second. I do feel like, though, that there are some that graduate students are easily taken advantage of. This is true. Which yes. is not even just via pay, but just on work. Um, yeah. I don't see that necessarily at TCU. Mm-mm. Um, but there are articles where people have been take, tell their stories of being taken advantage of. And then what happens then is that they don't want to... Um, say something because they feel like because these people have power over them that they're going to be taken advantage of or this is going to ruin their credibility this is going to keep them from getting a job and so I think at the very least even if the stereotype isn't true I think what I do recognize is the power dynamics between yeah professor and grad student I mean
0: I've definitely heard of um students feeling like you know, they've gotten taken advantage of either doing the majority of the work for no credit or um, or um, just not being compensated enough or, you know, uh, or ideas being taken, you know, um, and passed off, you know, plagiarism, essentially. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard of those things happening. Um, I, I actually I follow the graduate student subreddit and I see a lot of posts like that on there about like, oh, my. Um, you know, my advisor is not giving me credit for this, or they want me listed as like second author when I've done the majority of the work yeah. and things like that, where you're kind of like not getting as much credit as maybe you should on something that you did the majority of the work, um, and that can be a problem. Like I like we said, we haven't experienced that, um, but, but I'm sure it. Ha- I'm it, sure it happens. It's gotta happen. I
1: mean, you have proof on the Reddit. Yeah, on the Reddit does.
0: threads when people are talking about it, yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. yikes cuz i mean what do you do i mean i wouldn't know what to do in that situation like yeah it sounds easy to say well like you confront them it's like that person has power that you don't have so it is scary to say like you can't just conf- like i i don't know i feel like you can't just confront that person i mean maybe you can but maybe can, but not without repercussion but, i'm sure
1: yeah
0: um and i wouldn't want to have to deal with that
1: yeah i mean you can and i argue i mean i would personally i don't give a i don't give a dang about the repercussions yeah, because would, at the end of the day, I want to make sure that I'm ethically being treated fairly. Yeah. But I 100% understand the fear.
0: Yeah. I would maybe if I, okay, so let me just backtrack for a second. If you are someone who is struggling with this situation, maybe I would consult someone who you trust, whether that be another professor or maybe an upper level graduate student who has more experience than you to help you confront that person. If it's your advisor specifically that can kind of help you confront them and help you maybe get the language needed to address that situation rather than going in super accusatory, even though you want to, or maybe going in a little stronger of, um, you know, saying like, I don't appreciate this, even if like, if you're more on the timid side, or maybe you can have somebody kind of help mediate that conversation is probably what I would do if that was happening to me, because I know I wouldn't want to go in there myself and be like, why are you taking all the credit for this when I did it? Um, and I don't know, I wouldn't want to have to figure out how to like word that myself. So I'd probably, if that was happening to me, I'd probably go to someone I trust who I could speak to about this situation in a confidential way who can then help me, address it yeah but yeah I mean but yeah as far as that
1: we haven't experienced it thank you lord (laughs) okay so that's basically the ones just from the episode but there's a couple of others that I think we can address so one of our colleagues said that a grad student stereotype is that we're really nerdy like in a lame way (laughs) which sometimes sometimes you are sometimes not
0: like not you natalie specifically like just just the collective you like sometimes there are those people who are just super nerdy and like cool yeah i mean i mean everybody's gonna have a different personality everybody's gonna like different things um
1: i would say that i have my nerdy moments but i don't think of myself as nerdy
0: I don't think of myself as nerdy
1: either. But I sure love, like, when you start, we start talking about argument and rhetoric, and I I could go on and on about that, and I feel like I can kind of nerd out. Um, But I don't think I'm nerdy. I think I'm pretty cool. I'm, like, a cool nerd. (laughs) Not a regular nerd. I'm a a cool nerd.
0: Yeah, no, seriously, (laughs) (laughs) though. Like, I feel the same way. Like, there's definitely certain things I could definitely get, like, all nerdy about. But, um but I don't find myself to be a nerd.
1: And I don't think any of the people, I would say that we're all cool nerds. Like I really do. Like, I think we get yeah. pretty nerdy, especially like, I'm going to say this, no offense. I, f- I feel like the lit people can be <laughs> a little bit more nerdy. No, it's true because
0: especially when you have the, and I'm about to like make fun of the lit people for a second here. It's but okay, like you're part of them. You know, it's like, I think of, when I think of like the nerdy lit person, I think of like the person who's like a medievalist who like is obsessed with like, you know uh you know middle ages like england and this that and the other and they know all kind of stuff about like the history of like the monarchy and like the religious kind of uh issues that were going on in the country at the time and how it's affected the literature and and i'm just kind of like that stuff just kind of that's not my jam. Same with the people who are into the Victorian era stuff. Like, I poke fun at the Victorianists all the time because I think it is so boring. Um,. I'm always like, why do we still have Victorianists? Like, it's a dying breed. Like, what more is there to say about Jane Eyre? I'm uh, joking, of course, right. you know, because I, I think Jane Eyre was, like, boring and all the Aust- or Jane Austen and all the Brontes and all that time frame. I, like, really could never read that stuff and be perfectly fine, and I don't care if it's your favorite book. I ain't reading it. And, you know, I to me, those are, like, the kind of quote-unquote nerdy lit people that i envision when i think of like the nerdy grads yeah, yeah. <gasps> which is not true i we've had friends who are victorianists and they're amazing like love them and i'm sure the work they're doing is also amazing but like it ain't
1: for me right you know the next one is that we're know-it-alls or that we're pretentious <gasps> this one gets me this one makes me mad because this, i think yeah. it's true but not of us. Not of us.
0: I, because I will be the first person to say I don't understand something, or I will be the first person to be like, "I'm." When people are like, "Oh, you must be really smart," I'm like, "No." No. Like,
1: I I'm lucky just, I just I, know a lot about this one thing.
0: Yeah, I'm like, look, I'm lucky if I can add two plus two half the time. I'm not that smart. Um, but when you just know a lot about a certain subject, like, it's like, yeah, I just know a lot about this one yeah. particular thing. And I'm still learning about that one particular thing, right? Like I'm still not like the expert on it, you know? And there's still a lot of things I don't know yeah. about, you know, in academia, but also just like in life too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and this all comes with experience, right? Like as you continue in your scholarly career, you learn more just like you do as you get older, you experience more things in life. It doesn't mean I'm smarter than anybody. And I also don't write in a way that makes me sound pretentious. At least I don't think so. I mm-hmm. try to write in a way that, I feel like if like my parents wanted to read something I wrote, they'd be able to understand it and not be like, what in, what does this mean? Because I also just don't like reading that jargony kind of
1: yeah
0: hoity-toity kind of language and writing, and I hate when I have to read stuff like that. Um, so I don't consider I don't feel like I'm a pretentious person. Maybe I've had my know-it- all moments a few times, but I try not to <laughs> only if I'm really passionate about something, maybe. but
1: I don't think I don't think that's you being a know-it-all i think there's some people who actively go out of their way to try to show that they think they know it all right and to or show that they're smart when it's i start like, talking about argument like i'm just talking about something that i love doing like i right. don't think that that's i don't think that's being pretentious but some people this is why some i don't like are. this
0: and and it makes for a weird environment too when you do run into those people that are really pretentious as well just because it's like dude chill out
1: yeah yeah um, this particular person said uh, that they've had people in their family ask if they're going to, if they, if they're going to make them call them doctor. Why would you? N-
0: I don't know. I feel like I got a couple family members. I'd be like, you can call me doctor.
1: Nah, Mostly
0: joking. But <laughs> I'm like, mm, maybe you could call me doctor just oh because. But, uh, but no, I, no, I really, I don't even think I'd make the, like, just. Like my, I'm one of my mom, one of my mom's customers at work is a professor, uh, and he makes her call him doctor. Like
1: my mom is my mom
0: works at an insurance company, y'all. So it's not like, (laughs) like to her, he's just your he's just a regular old person, you know, like. He could be, you know, whoever off the streets, not like she would necessarily like, just because your title is doctor. Does, like, I don't understand. Like a lot of people who have the title of doctor don't make people call them doctor outside of. Yeah. What outside of school or outside of, like, or if they're a medical doctor, like I'm pretty sure like medical doctors don't make people refer to them as like doctor so and so on the
1: street, you know? No. The next couple ones. Are that we're smart, we're overachievers, and therefore we don't procrastinate. Um, we are smart. Yeah. We are overachievers. We are. That's true. But I could, I could point to one person who's a procrastinator. It's me. It's both of us. I mean, are we, are we serious? Like, <laughs> I'm like, it's for sure me. <laughs> no, I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, like, like, I feel like, I feel like that one definitely is, yeah. We are smart. We are smart. Now we're not the smartest but we are smart.
0: We're not like geniuses or anything. Like we've had to work to learn all this information and retain all this information. Like, it's not just like I came out of the womb knowing everything there is to know about everything, everything, obviously. Like that's not how it works. You just, you just continue learning the thing that you like to learn. And yeah, you get smarter as you learn stuff, but it's not, it's not some like freakish superpower or something yeah. like it's just something we've had to work on.
1: Yeah. Um, so I would argue we are smart. I would say we're smart. It's just and not a, like a, I don't know. I genius. don't know. It's not like
0: genius level, pretentious, smart.
1: And we are overachievers. I feel like in yeah, grad school, I've always been an overachiever. Yeah. I feel like in grad school, you are in grad school because you're an overachiever. Yeah. So yes, of, it's a lot of overachievers for sure. Um, yeah. Then it's the part about being procra- not being procrastinators. I mean, let me be real truth. Like, I normally am. I'm not really a procrastinator. Natalie's not much of a procrastinator. I do procrastinate sometimes, but that's more because of burnout as opposed to, like, anything else. But, yeah. I'll f- but I feel like we're all burnt out. So it's like, I feel like yeah, we're I all feel procrastinating like ever, for that. Because I used to not be a
0: procrastinator at all. When I was, like, in high school and even undergrad, I wasn't really a procrastinator. It wasn't until I started grad school that I was like, I don't want to do anything ever. And I think it's just burnout. Yeah, I agree. It's not that I want to be a procrastinator. It's just like, I'm so burned out. I just don't want to do anything. So it kind of makes me a procrastinator. Yeah. Um, But I'm not one by, I'm not normally a procrastinator, not by nature anyway.
1: Yeah, I would, I would, I would say that the general survey of the grad students I've have met are a little bit procrastinators. So don't think that we're just on top of it. Everything we're not, we're not on top of everything. So Oh no! Um, Natalie's
0: usually on top of it.
1: Recently, I've been struggling, but I try my best. I have so much to do that if I don't do the thing, I I, so I so I you kind of have to. Yeah, and we all do. Like I'm constantly running around. Yeah, this job,
0: that job, this person's house, this person's house, this friend, that friend. Which he's like, okay, well then why you get to go to your friend's house all the time? Well, you know. It's normally just, when I say a friend's house, it's me coming to Natalie's house to record. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And then if it's not Natalie's house, it's my boyfriend's house. If it's not his house, it's babysitting. If yeah. it's not babysitting, it's finally at my house. And by the time yeah. I get to my house, I don't want to do anything.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess maybe with the smart, uh, we're really intelligent. Um, I'd say we're intelligent. I don't say I'd we're say really, so. I'm not, really, We're not like, okay, when I think of, like when I think when
0: people say intel- intelligent, I think what they're thinking of is like, sheldon cooper on like the big bang theory yeah
1: okay no Mm -mm. so really intelligent but lacks common sense sheldon cooper from the big bang theory (laughs)
0: uh yeah no i I, I don't agree with this i feel like i've don't get me wrong like i'm not the most like street smart person in the world i'm sure but like i've had life experience outside of academia that i would say i've got i've got okay common sense
1: yeah same mama didn't raise no fool I feel great. I feel like I'm like, yeah.
0: In fact, I I just want everybody to know. And my I got when I got rejected from A and M. My the uh, the department um, the the DS. Uh, what is it called? DGS. D- DGS. Oh my gosh, my brain's not functioning. But I'm so smart and intelligent. Um, she told me that uh, I got rejected from a because the committee felt that my master's thesis relied on too much common sense. So bam. Wow. How about that? I've got too much common sense according to the grad faculty at Texas That's A&M. That's kind of so, hilarious. So so anybody who says I ain't got no common
1: sense can hush. So um, I think we're going to wrap up here in a little bit just with a couple more stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones that our colleague uh, said was that we're antisocial because all we're doing is studying. I really like this one yeah. because y- yes, but no. Yeah. Cuz like I feel like a lot of a lot of our time as we've said is taken up by grad school, reading and writing and all those types of things and studying. Mm-hmm. Um but I feel like at least at DCU, no, I would even say at Oklahoma State like we all socialized like all the time and yeah. we did stuff all the time. So it's like maybe yeah, if- I don't feel like I'm antisocial. I
0: don't think that's necessarily the, well, I, I mean, we're talking stereotypes. So like, obviously like right. that's the word that would be used, but I feel like I am more of an introvert by nature, but um, an extrovert by trade <laughs> because when you work, with the public or as you know teaching like you're dealing with students all day you kind of have to learn to be more of an extrovert when it comes to those things um so i've definitely learned how to be more of an extrovert and i've never been like introverted around my family and my close friends like obviously i would like cut up and chit chat and all this stuff and be social but when it came to like meeting new people or being in like a group setting, I would kind of just like I'm a little more like introverted in that way. So I feel like and I love to be I'm a homebody. I love to be at home, um, cozy, you know, watching a movie, reading a book, although I feel like I never read for fun anymore. Uh, but, you know, what I mean, like that was always more like my kind of preferred method of hanging out so I kind of understand why we seem antisocial and if we do seem antisocial I think it's because the nature of the work you're doing a lot of independent work but I think it's important that we do socialize and get out of our own heads because you can become like a reclusive little antisocial introvert person and that's not
1: good either yeah yeah Um, I mean I think the image of a grad student being in their office and working is true um but I feel like our department or especially like the grad students, I feel like we really do a great job of like reaching out and mm-hmm. like hanging and, out. And
0: like our office is very communal because yes, it's it a is. shared office space. It's not like we each have our own office or yeah. like at A&M I had an office mate. Um, so yeah. we would kind of schedule office hours at times where we wouldn't be in there at the same time. That way, if we had a student come, they could, you know, feel like they had some privacy, you know, and not feel like the office mate was like listening in or whatever. Um, so it was kind of, a lot of the times I felt like I did have that space to myself. Um, But I I never felt like I was totally antisocial by choice. If that makes sense. If I ever felt antisocial, it's because I was just feeling. Like I just wanted to be by by myself. Yeah, I just wanted to be by myself that day. It was never like um, I'm being forced into this like, being antisocial because i don't want to you know i don't know it's always my choice if i didn't feel like being social for some reason but
1: i find we are pretty social creatures yeah we are i i feel like we're always doing something with someone or like going out to eat or
0: or at least like even just checking in on each other
1: i talk to natalie every single day yeah yeah um has been there since 1980 obviously she's just doing a date that was a while ago but um you know um, at my previous institution, I love how every time I'm going to talk about Oklahoma State, I say at my previous institution, like as if I haven't <laughs> said Oklahoma State plenty of times, <laughs> this one was really common with Oklahoma State yeah. grad students who were there for a very long time. TCU, yeah. not so much, yeah. maybe like one or two, but for different wow. reasons. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we're pretty good about graduating people. So, yeah. and I don't know about A&M, it didn't
0: seem like there were people in the department who had been there for like a million years either. So I don't think that that holds true for A&M either again, yeah. like maybe a couple, but I'm sure for different like reasons. Um, I, yeah. I've uh, heard that this is more common with like science, but I don't know if that's true. Maybe. I don't know if that's true. Cause uh, I, I, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I but mean, I mean, there are those people who have been around for a while, but, um, but I mean, I don't know you just never know what someone's situation is. Like, why is it taking them a long time to complete the degree? That ain't my business. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I am. Um, I think, um, I think there is something to say though, about like how professors are keeping you there too. So if you are there for a long time, I mean, I it, I think part of the reason could be like a professor. Um, and that only comes from like gatekeeping. Like I think sometimes some professors gatekeep mm-hmm. and they argue that you're not ready to graduate. And so they keep you there longer and kind of push you through a, Get you to a point that then you don't want to even finish the degree. Um, yeah. So that, that one I can understand. And I know that there are some grad students who have been in grad school for a very long time. So I can attest to that. Um, avoiding the real world for as long as possible. We kind of talked about this one. But yeah, the stereotype is that we become grad students, not just because we want to go to grad school, but because they're going to avoid the real world as if grad school is not the real world
0: yeah we have said it so many times. If you go to grad school because you think you're putting off real real world issues, you are sadly mistaken. Yeah, yeah you'll get you'll learn that real quick when that first paycheck comes in, and it's like nothing. and then you'll be like, "What am I doing all this work for if I ain't getting paid?" And then you'll be like, "Wow, this was a mistake. So don't think that you're avoiding things. By coming to grad school,
1: yeah. um Last, maybe the last one. I'll kind of check my notes here before. Um, this, this one's pretty good though. The revolution be- begins here, student. They want to organize and make our lives better as students, but nobody thinks this is ever going to happen. Or, nonetheless, everyone still humors them. So it's the person who goes in and says, "I want to go and change the world," and we're going to do this, this, and this to grad programs, and then yeah. it just kind of doesn't happen. Um. As far as this being a stereotype, I think a lot of us do believe that we can go in and change things, but I think it gets to a point where you realize, and I don't mean this to say to sound hopeless because that's not how I live my life, but I think sometimes we just don't really understand how this the institution functions, and it isn't until you get through part of the program and then actually become a faculty member that you really do understand. Yeah, And I think that just kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about uh, the power dynamics between professor and grad student. I think as a grad student, you think you have a lot more power than you do, and then you realize that you don't. And I think that's no. really where this one kind of fails. Yeah.
0: If anything, we've got like the least amount of power.
1: Yeah. Basically. We're not paying
0: the tuition. Yeah. We're not faculty. We're not, we're faculty, but we're not faculty. We're not yeah. tenured professors. Yeah. We're not administrative. We're not in administrative positions. We have no real power um yeah so for for yeah yeah i mean you can come in and swear up and down that you're gonna change this and that and the other and you should try and you should try that's not to say you shouldn't try that's not to say you shouldn't propose things um that need to be changed but just know that you're gonna run into a lot of bureaucratic red tape and it's gonna be really hard Mm -hmm. and that that's not grad school, but also yeah. like I feel like I don't run into that min- that much of a stereotype. Like I haven't seen that stereotype too much
1: in rhetoric and composition. We got a lot of that, um, just because of the nature of our field.
0: Yeah, that and makes we're more con- sense. We're constantly
1: trying to change the way that people view writing in certain languages yeah. and whatnot. So I feel like that's more of the what that comes in. We're in, we're a little bit more social justice oriented too.
0: Yeah,
1: um, more community literacy yeah. type of deal. I and- guess
0: what I mean is that. Well, yes, that makes sense like for the institution specifically, but I'm and when I think of like someone who's like the the revolution starts here, I think of people who are just like really politically uh, active and want to change things not just in the institution, but like just within politics more broadly, and I feel like that's a very stereotype as well. Like kind of hippie oh, to be liberal. that's what I was thinking of. Um that's kind of what I was thinking of, but I mm. see how like that could also be applied to like specifically within the institution. I think it goes both ways. I think you can pick, find that. St- I think you could apply that stereoty- t- stereotype to both types of mm. activism, right? Like you got the people who are super politically active in their own personal lives, mm. that they're in grad school and trying to like use that to shape their political activism that is in the outside of the world. And then you got the people who want to do that more within the institution. And I think both of them could be a stereotype of a graduate student and i haven't run into too much of that like i said but you have just because rhetoric and comp is more um by nature like lends itself to that more so than yeah. literature does yeah um but yeah
1: it's still a stereotype <laughs> yeah yeah and that's it those are all the those stereotypes. stereotypes that um, everyone sent obviously i'm sure that there are more some that we didn't cover and some that you might find true for your university that maybe we didn't for ours but um this is interesting to explore. Basically,
0: what we learned is that we're both super cool, smart. Yep. Not nerdy nerds. Exactly. I'm just kidding.
1: But we do need more money.
0: We do need more money <laughs> for sure. Like us being broke is for true. Because yeah. y- you girl out here working like fifty jobs. Just we're gonna to have make to. Money.
1: We're gonna have to have an episode on side hustles.
0: Yes, I'm the queen of a side hustle.
1: I am not, but. I have some, so we'll have to do that for another episode. I always have a side hustle going. I think that could be a good um, episode to have a lot more people on so that we could, everybody could talk about their side hustles. Abigail would be a good person
0: to have for that one too, because she's also the other queen of side hustle. Yeah.
1: So, but anyway... I guess that's, that's going to wrap it. up today's episode. Yeah, yeah, I
0: think so. This was super fun. I it love really it. was. And, um, we'll have to see if we can post that clip on the Instagram of this. Oh, I
1: have it. Because saved. I think
0: it would be funny if we could yeah. upload it for people to see.
1: Yeah. I think um, what I'll do is I'll, um, share it when I share the, um, Yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. That'll be super fun. It's really
0: funny. I know we, we just kind of read out the, the dialogue, um, the dialogue, but it's really funny when you see it too. It's yeah.
1: pretty We'll funny. share it. We'll share it. That, that's a really great idea. I didn't think about doing that but. Um, guess that's going to wrap up today's episode if you have any questions any stereotypes you want to talk about or just any topic suggestions email us at the phd to be podcast at gmail.com or follow us on our instagram at the phd to be podcast well we'll see you on the next one Bye. Bye. bye